You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Toronto Blue Jays with MLB.com's Blue Jays beat reporter, Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, uh, we've talked a lot about Jose Bautista this year, and for good reason. He's a critical player uh, and, and a guy they really need to be at their best. I think the last time we talked about him, it was optimism. He, he was coming back. He was starting to play the field. Uh, and those first few games when he was back in the field, he hit the ball pretty well. Um, lately, since then, it has not been as good. He's, he's definitely scuffling. Um, do you see, is, is there any reason to worry about whether he's fully healthy, whether he got recovered, whether the, the, the injury is affecting his production? I don't think too much. Uh, you know, this is, I think this is kind of one of those cases where, you know, he, he's known to be a streaky hitter at times and, uh, you know, he tries to make up for that sometimes with his plate discipline and, and that's kind of how at times he's able to keep his on base percentage up when, when things aren't going too well. In this particular case, though, he's actually had a lot of, you know, you hear guys say this a lot and it might not always be true, but he has had a lot of hard contact and he's just missed a few home runs. Um, you know, he still looked relatively good at the plate, um, for as, as well as you can look in, in a skid like this. You know, at the, at the, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, he's, he's in the midst of his longest, uh, hitless, uh, streak during his time with the Blue Jays, and so certainly that's not encouraging. But you know, he did he did just miss a home run that would have won the game uh, a few days ago earlier this week. Um, so I think there are signs for encouragement. I think it's probably just a matter of time before he starts to to heat up again. Is is there any need, even if that's not contributing? Has there been any need to sort of moderate him, make sure that, that they don't push him too hard as he comes back? Because, again, I think this injury was something that lingered longer than anybody expected in the first place. How are they kind of managing that? Yeah, it definitely lingered. And, you know, what? it's still not completely gone. And you can really notice that in right field. Um, he hasn't really let it loose yet. There hasn't been too many times where he's had to have uh, the arm tested. Uh, but in those rare occasions when that, it, when that has happened, he's kind of, like, let up a little bit. Um, and so it's clearly bothering him in that regard. Um, you know, he's, he's talked about basically being pain-free. I think he sees it every now and then. He feels it a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, it hasn't been uh, too big of an issue. But it's something they're going to have to monitor. And I think the, the one benefit that the Blue Jays do have now that for the most part they have a healthy roster is that they can uh, give him some occasional days at DH. They don't want to go back to the way it was before where he had to play uh, there for you know weeks at a time, but they can give him an occasional blow just like they can do with guys like Jose Reyes and, and Josh Donaldson. They're trying to get back to that rotating everyone in uh, to the DH box just to get them off their legs a little bit and, and in Batista's case, um, give his arm a little bit, bit of breather as well. Assuming he is selected, do you, do you think he'll go ahead and, and go – to the All-Star game, or might he take that, that time as downtime? I think he will. Uh, you know, it, it's, I would be very surprised, uh, you know, to, to see him do much uh, outside of that. You know, he's a guy in the past who, uh, you know, he was, he was really adamant about being in, in the home run derby in previous years, and it was something that he really thrived on. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part this year, he'll probably take things a little bit easier and just kind of enjoy the festivities. But I, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if, if he uh, decided to, I think it's something that, that he likes to do uh, quite a bit. Um, so I, I, I think he'll be there. You mentioned the, the, imp- 
improving health of the Blue Jays, one place where they still aren't at full strength is the outfield. Um, anything to report on Michael Saunders? Is he any closer to being available, being ready to play ball? Yeah, that's the one that's still, you know, it's really mysterious as to just, I think everyone involved with Saunders included and the Blue Jays are just really kind of, you know, befuddled by this entire situation. And there still really is no timeline for him. You know, it seems like it, he's still weeks away uh, and he's going to have to be reevaluated later on this month. Uh, but the Blue Jays really don't have any kind of idea when they're actually going to get him back on the field. You know, now this is when the injury originally happened and the Blue Jays kind of were preparing for the worst. They thought he'd be back around the All-Star break. Then obviously that changed in spring training with the procedure. They thought they'd be able to get him back a lot sooner than that. But, uh, you know, now in the end, he's not going to be back by the All-Star break. And there's a good chance that this could really linger into August. And so, you know, if you're Anthopolis and the Blue Jays, you have to be really kind of uh, happy, I guess, to a certain extent, or feel fortunate that uh, they were able to get, uh, you know, a long-term replacement uh, for this season anyways. And Chris Colabello, who's uh, kind of exceeded their expectations, he's not going to provide the defense that Saunders does. But I think really this is a team that, for now at least, is, is going to move forward without Saunders until they get really good word that uh, he's back on track. And at this point, you know, unfortunately for them, he's not someone that can be counted on at the time being. I think it's more of a bonus uh, than anything else if they can get him back and healthy and contributing uh, during the final stretch of the season. Colabello has been a heck of a find and has certainly been a huge boost for them. I think it's fair to wonder how long he keeps this up. But I think the other thing is, regardless of how long he keeps it up, they're still really thin in the outfield. And, and Dalton Pompey does not seem to have gotten it together since being sent down. And so I, I sort of put all this together. And, and we talk so much about a reliever, but is there any likelihood that they would look to add some outfield depth before the deadline? That's an interesting one. It's certainly one that they could use, especially they could probably – uh, you know, do a little bit better with the, with the fourth outfield spot, get a little bit more depth there. You know, they got Ezekiel Carrera, um, who can give them a little bit of defense. But you're right, behind that, there's not a whole lot of depth that they have to rely on. And I think, you know, when we really saw that become an issue was when Jose Batista wasn't able to play right field for such, such a long stretch. And it really goes to show you that, you know, if this team were to lose uh, Batista for an extended period of time, or if even if they were to lose a guy like Kevin Pillar, it would really be uh, a big blow for this team. So uh, I don't think they're going to be in the mix for uh, a significant name by any means down there. I think they're they're mostly happy with with the starting three, but um, you know they probably would be best to protect themselves. And you could probably maybe look at a deal towards the the end of July and and maybe have something where there's a situation where they can package in, uh, you know, if they're going to get a starter, maybe they can get uh, kind of that utility outfielder type as well to provide a little bit more depth there. Another guy we've talked an awful lot about but who seems to be sort of coming back into the conversation is Aaron Sanchez. And, and look, I, I understand that nothing has really changed since the last time we talked because it's still the same questions and he's still not back. But uh, it does seem to be more a point of conversation. And so I'm wondering, has anything changed as far as how he gets used when he gets back since that seems to be getting closer? I think there really does seem to be a growing thought process within the organization that they're going to ultimately move him to the bullpen when he comes back. You know, it seems like Anthopolis um, has talked more and more recently about the need of adding a starting pitch, um, which, as we talked about, is a little bit of a surprise just because the, there's such a glaring need in that bullpen. But I think what the Blue Jays at this point are trying to do 
uh, is, is fill the bullpen with probably internal solutions. You could you could go with a guy like Aaron Sanchez down there. Um, I think the hope is that Miguel Castro will eventually work his way back up here and provide a bit of a boost in the second half. Um, but the fact that the Blue Jays are still openly talking uh, about Sanchez's role being in question, to me that's a little bit of a surprise considering how strong he finished prior to that injury as a starter. He had a nice long stretch there for uh, about a month where his ERA was under three and he really was the best starter in the Blue Jays' rotation. Um, so it's a little bit of a surprise, but I think they really um, have for a while liked the thought of having him down there as a guy who can close out games um, whether it be for an inning or even two at a time and really complement uh, another young guy down there in Roberto Osuna. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but at this point in time, I, I think that they probably are leaning towards putting him in the bullpen, which to me is a little bit of a surprise. And that really leads to the other question that we have talked about a lot on here, but I think it, it has to be asked. If you're talking about adding a reliever, a couple of those guys are expensive, but by and large, you can add a reliever without making a really big dent in the payroll. You can even add a couple of relievers if you do it right without adding a big dent in the payroll. It's pretty tough to upgrade the rotation without taking on uh, some kind of significant amount of salary. And so that, to me, raises the question, once again, if they're talking about adding a starter, is this club ready, willing, prepared to make a financial commitment to bring in somebody who really would be an upgrade to the rotation? I think they are, and I think you know the difference between this year and last year was that the Blue Jays were really kind of, you know, capped out money-wise last year in, in terms of they went into the season right up against the figure that uh, they had been given by ownership, and there wasn't really a lot of flexibility to increase that number. I think you saw a little bit of a change in philosophy from Anthopoulos and the rest of his front office this off-season. It seemed like uh, they kept a little bit of available money. Aside, you know, there was surprise during the offseason that they didn't do a little bit more, and everybody thought that they, you know, would be able to to make at least one more kind of significant addition because of that available funds. Uh, but they didn't do that, and so it seems like now that they they do have enough money to make a, a significant piece, and and you know, the exact terms of that are kind of still up in the air. But the general consensus seems to be it's kind of been anywhere between you know that five to ten million dollar range, probably a little bit closer to eight. So you know, when you're talking about adding a guy for the second half of the season, you can get a pretty significant player making a lot of money. Uh, you know, rate that. Um, so they they do have the cash, but the problem is, is that you know this is a team that's making to look a very making to looking to make a very big splash uh, at the trade deadline. It's something that they need to do. So I think what they're they're trying to avoid is is using all of that money on just one deal uh, or for one player. I think this is a team that's looking to make a couple of, of additions before July 31st. And so it's how do you spread that you know that five to ten million dollars around. Uh, to get the, the pieces that you need, and I think that's the challenge that Anthopoulos has, and that's, that's probably why he's also going to be having conversations with teams um, to try and have them kick in a little bit of extra money in any deal that they have, and that's going to be more prospects going the other way. But I think everyone around here has been preparing uh, to, to pay a hefty cost because it, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a tough market to make that addition. But I think this is this year more than any other, you're, you're seeing the Jays probably prepared uh, to part with not only the cash but also the prospect capital as well. All right. Well, Gregor Chisholm, good stuff. Thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night. 
on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.